This time on Holy Ghost Notes. I can't do this anymore. You do make it look very easy. The side effects from the medication. I also am not a famous drummer. This is not going well for me. Pull it together. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Matt and Tim, and you're listening to Holy Ghost Notes. Hello, hello. How you doing, Tim? I am great. I'm a little nice. sick. I had a... Oh, really? Yeah, this week I um, I got uh, I had like this sore throat, and then last night it turned into a fever. Sweat out the okay. fever overnight, so I didn't get a whole lot of sleep. But okay, um, do you ever get like sick dreams? Like when you're when you're when you yes. have like a fever and you have like dreams that are like like my problem is I think too much. Like when right. I have a fever and I'm and I'm sick, I just uh, I can't stop thinking like all right. my dreams are just so <laughs> complex and like yeah <laughs> dilemma after dilemma and i'm trying to figure all this out and i like i just i'm exhausted when i wake up yeah 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 when i was going through a tough time i was on this um medication called chant chantax chantix oh, yeah yeah have you yeah. heard of that stuff i have yeah that stuff is straight from the pits oh. i mean i had dreams that scared me so badly i almost I would have rather just gone to hell. Like, it was, <laughs> <laughs> they were so bad. They were so scary. I I would, like, wake up in the middle of the night. I didn't get a good night's sleep for, like, four weeks straight because I was on this medication, and it affected right. me the way the doctor said a small percentage of people are affected by it negatively. Oh, so I, I had to go into my doctor and be like, I can't do this anymore. I, I'm not sleeping. My dreams are so alive. I feel like I'm in Jurassic Park getting chewed alive by lions Jeez. and dinosaurs. And the, all like all these prehistoric animals are like invading my dreams. And I feel like my arm's getting chomped up. Like, yeah. it was, so I don't know about like the, the sick factor, but for me, it was the medication that just yeah. totally screwed me up. And when that's happening, the rest of your day's right yeah it's not good shot shot yeah yeah i'm pretty sure chantix is the one that people make fun of because there's such a long list of side effects at the end of the commercial <laughs> are there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like half the commercial is just the side effects from the medication <laughs> it could help you but it's like double mm-hmm. bass in a metal song it just goes right. and goes and goes yeah, weigh your options. Which do you think is worse? This, your actual issue, or all these other issues that might happen if you start taking this medication? <laughs> that Free might and most likely will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and by the way, it's $30 a month. Do you want to try this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's pretty funny. Well, I'm sorry you're not feeling well. That That's going around. The, the cold, mm-hmm. like the subdued cold, it's kind of yep. there, kind of not, which almost makes it worse because you just go about your day as if you're not sick. Yeah, you're just functioning at like 70% basically or 50%. It's, <laughs> it's Plus we terrible. kind of had this event recently that was uh that was amazing but also taxing. So yes. I'm sure that doesn't help. Yeah, so actually on that note, I didn't tell you this, but uh so I got home from the event around uh like two? Yeah, it was like 2ish. Um I actually got pulled over on the way home. Are you um, serious? And it wasn't because I was doing anything wrong. It was because my license plate light in the back was broken. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so here I am, like, trying to get home. I finally get off the turnpike. I'm on Route 1 in Pennsylvania. And yeah. the lights come on, and I'm like, oh. You're like, I do not need this. I just did a charity tonight and raised yeah. six grand for a little five-year-old. Dude, <laughs> oh, come on. I just so what did home. you say? Well, I mean, I was, you know, he was actually quite pleasant. I didn't get ticketed or anything, but okay. um, 
Good. But, you know, rolled down the window. Um, turns out that I had I had an expired insurance card. I don't know mm. where my current one is. It is insured, but uh, I yeah. had an expired, expired insurance card, and my registration was nowhere to be found. It's oh, also no. registered. So I couldn't even show <laughs> oh, him my insurance no. and registration. I just handed him my license and an expired yeah. insurance card. And was right. like, I'm sorry, man. I don't know what to tell I'm you. I'm a mess um, right now. I was like, this is not going well for me. Um, <laughs> and he was very nice. I definitely like worked it in that I just like I was on my way home from a cancer charity event. You know, um, hoping shame that shame on you, Tim. Yeah, I, shame I on up, you. <laughs> I opened up my hoodie to show the beating drums to battle cancer logo on my shirt. <laughs> you know, I was definitely uh, yeah. Definitely using that to my advantage, but yeah. You were honest, but <laughs> you were exploiting the fact that you're a pretty good person too. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I yeah, wonder I if that's to. forgivable. Is that is, is that something that God looks at and says, I'll, I'll let that one pass? I don't know. Is God going to reimburse me the $150 ticket? Cause <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. So No, no. It's a little so give and take, man. I think it's forgivable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could he? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Will he? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but on the topic of beating drums to battle cancer, um, we have an exciting episode for you guys today. Yeah. Um, yep. We interviewed Caleb Allensworth, who was the um, the founder, or not founder, but he had the original idea for this event. Pioneer. And, um, yeah, he pioneer- pioneered it, brought us in on it, and um, it was an incredible event, and yeah. uh, we were able to record uh, our very first live Holy Ghost Notes episode. Yeah. Um, so. Um, yeah, man, it was incredible. Um, we had about 150 people through the door. Mm-hmm. But even more than that, you know, it was so cool to me that McKenna and her family came. Oh, yeah. Because initially they were going to be busy that day and they weren't going to be able to make it. They they were at the Penn State uh, um, Thon, the big, big fundraiser. I mean, they raised mm-hmm. like $11 million this year. It was like a world record amount. And. Anyway, uh, I, t- I talked to um, McKenna's mom days prior to the event, and she said, well, we'll try to come. And then that morning I talked to her. She said, oh, we're coming. So they were That's there awesome. at like 5, and we sat down and had pizza and wings, and we're running around. And, you know, at one point McKenna sat on the kit with me and played. Yeah, um, that was my favorite was just, part. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, just seeing her smile. I mean, she was just so oh. happy. She lit, she lit up the room. and she like did. You know, I was like, all right, she, you know, she's happy. We can just end the event now. Like, exactly. That's <laughs> we, the way I felt, we, too. We did I'm our, like, we did our due it. diligence. <laughs> like, I brought in my kid. I've been rehearsing for three weeks for this, all this work. And, like, this is, this is what it has led up to. Mm-hmm. And the event hasn't even started yet. I'm, right. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing that impacted me the most is, um, and we can wait to talk about this, too, but just while we're talking about it. So I'm not going to wait to talk about it. Um, <laughs> she, she was the happiest person there yeah she really was <laughs> she really was <laughs> that really she impacted was sm- me man smiling the whole time she was having such a good time i mean it uh it definitely impacted me in fact i i so i i guess somehow ended up emceeing the event um in a way <laughs> you did a good job um, dude. <laughs> well, thank you a lot of com- um, yeah, a lot of compl- yeah compliments and so, complaints but mostly yeah compliments. So, some comp- <laughs> some some complaints yeah um but matt goes and plays uh this uh cory asbury song yep uh that always like gets me yeah um so i'm coming th- i'm coming up on stage after like seeing mckenna uh and and she's 
impacted me already. The event hasn't right. even really started yet, and she's already <laughs> yeah. impacted me. And then um, Matt goes and plays this song, and, and I'm, like, already choked up, and I'm trying to get on stage and, like, get this thing going, like, get people pumped, and I'm, like, try, I'm, like holding back emotions. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was good, though. It was, it was a You're great like, event. I'm so happy to be here today. Yeah, I was, oh, Thank man, you for was, coming to our event. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was tough. And then McKenna's like, come on, dude. Yeah. Pull it together. together. (laughs) (laughs) No, but she was headbanging. I saw later, my brother took a video. She was headbanging to me playing drums. And then, like, at the end of the event, she fell asleep. Mm -hmm. In the middle of In one metal song, she's she's banging her head. And then in the middle of Invisible Enemy, which is like this brutal, you know, polyrhythmic breakdown, fast, heavy song, she literally falls asleep on her mom's shoulder. That's so funny. It's so funny. First time it's ever <laughs> happened, and it was yeah. so adorable. It was it was great and impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and she stayed till the end. I mean, most people had left before her and her family oh, yeah. left. So you know, yeah. And she had had a long day. She was at Penn State for the morning. Oh wow! And she's five, and mm-hmm. she's in chemo. I mean, what what right. what is wrong with us? Like we can never like you're here complaining about your cold. And make- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. You just made me feel so bad just, just now. Just <laughs> no, but it's it so true. It is so true. Just like kidding. I, I, I have nothing to complain about ever for the rest of my life because of this little girl McKenna. Because she's just incredible. I mean, yeah. she's incredible. Um, <laughs> long story short, I left there like a different person. You yeah, know? I mean, and then you got um, pulled over. Yeah, and then I got oh, pulled over. Oh man, and that kind of put a damper on things. But <laughs> what a world! Oh my, it's okay. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> but uh, so, I'm just gonna say real quick. Uh, you know, it was it was a su- successful event. Matt, how much money do we end up raising at the end of the day? Uh, fifty nine hundred dollars. Fifty nine hundred dollars. Yep. It's insane. So thank you guys insane. so much, everyone who. Um, donated i'm sure a lot of you listening um contributed in some way whether it was to uh the full circle match or um to uh the various Me directly thing or, yeah, yeah yeah i'm sure a lot, a lot of you of helped um at the very least we're spreading the word about the event um or came out to the event um it was uh it really it really meant a lot and it was really cool to meet um to meet all of you um at the event it, i had a lot of really awesome conversations and it's always just nice uh meeting people that i've seen on instagram or um names that i've read through email and uh, actually meeting you all face to face absolutely so it was super cool yeah um but uh yeah so um we uh, recorded this interview live um and we also streamed it live so this might be an interview that most of you have heard already but uh for those of you who haven't um Matt and I sat down with Caleb Allensworth. He is a, a drummer. He's the drum tech for um, a band called Judah the Lion. Um, and he's also a worship drummer for LCBC. Um, mm-hmm. So we sat down with him at this event and uh, asked him a few questions. And uh, it was really cool getting to know him. Yeah, it was. Uh, I know, Matt, Matt you, you have a, a history with him already. But, um, but I, I, uh, I gained a new friend. So, Yeah, I have a lot of respect for him. He did a great job. Um, at opening up about things that are mm-hmm. really personal, yeah, and difficult to talk about, and For I sure. think he became a role model for a lot of people in that room, 
uh, Sunday night. I think so too. Hey, he became a role model for me. Uh, yeah, me too. It's uh, me too. super cool. So without further ado, uh, here is our interview with Caleb Allensworth. Enjoy. Yeah, Caleb. Wow, thanks, guys. Look at all these people. It's pretty amazing. Thanks, everybody. That's a warm welcome. <laughs> no, seriously. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. Thank you, everyone that's helped out. Matt and Tim did a lot more than they're taking credit for to make this happen. Um, so thank you, guys. You're amazing. Yeah, my pleasure. So, uh, as Matt said, uh, Caleb, you uh, were kind of the brains behind the event. Uh, what, uh, what was it that inspired you to start the event? Uh, yeah, so like Matt was saying, uh, talking about it a little bit, um, I heard uh, McKenna's story, and um, I, I too have uh, battled cancer, and um, praise God, I, I made it to the other side. Um, and uh, my mother-in-law uh, fought the battle for a long time as well. Um, so it's something that... Um, it's obviously very personal to me. It's something that, um, let me just say this, the community uh, that surrounded my wife and I and my family when I got diagnosed was amazing. And um, for the longest time, I just didn't really know how to thank everybody. It was such a monumental um, thing that the, the community here in, in Nashville, which I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, my wife and I used to live there, but um, the music communities and the community at LCBC and friends and family, people I don't even know uh, from across the country, really rallied around me. And if I'm being completely honest, I, I mean, I, in some ways I was like, how, how do I thank these people? Like, I'm, I was just so grateful for people's prayers and generosity. Um, and then when I heard McKenna's story, I was like, this could be, this is like the perfect way to say thank you. Um, to return the favor, so to speak, and to uh, rally a community of musicians and you know non-musicians alike, people in the community. I know a lot of you have drove a long ways to be here, so thank you. But um, yeah, when I heard her story, it just it really struck a chord with me. Um, the last years have been a battle, but um, I'm grateful to be here, and I just wanted to uh, yeah return the favor, so to speak. That's awesome, man. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, you, you uh, alluded to Nashville a little bit, a little bit about your backstory. Tell us a little bit about you, about who you are, and, and uh, what's, what's your story, man? I want to know about you. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I also am not a famous drummer. <laughs> uh, when Matt and I were talking about this event, I was like, I mean, I, I play drums. I've played most of my life, and um, LCBC has been an integral part of... Um, me coming up to play at, you know, somewhat professional level in Nashville. And, um, yeah, spent about six years there. And um, my wife and I got married down here, and we moved back about two years ago. Um, and then shortly after that, literally a day after that, I ended up in the emergency room, could hardly walk, to discover that I had stage 3 colon cancer, and then spent essentially the rest of that year um, dealing with that, going through chemo, surgeries, uh, battling that whole thing. Um, 
but yeah, um, I, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm not a famous drummer. And when Matt and I were talking about this, uh, I was like, dude, I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave the drumming to you. <laughs> um, but I felt like I had a relatable story that I, if I'm being completely honest, haven't really shared publicly. So um, thank you all for being gracious and compassionate as I uh, stumble through this. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so there's a famous story about a guy named Horatio Spafford, who in 1800s had a lot of wealth, lost a lot of it in the Great Chicago Fire, sent his kids across the Atlantic. Um, tragically, they died in a shipwreck and his wife was saved alone. And in this story, you see that he found God in a new way. And actually, his pain and suffering drove him to a new place of hope and, um, and well, hope and faith. So what do you think it is about, you know, a challenging situation like you were in um, that drives you to find uh, that, that there's a strong community around you and there's, there might be, um, you know, an aspect of your faith that you had never noticed before? How do you think you find hope in such despair? Hmm, wow. Um, I mean, it's really the community that, that surrounds you. I mean, there were seasons of you know, total darkness, if I'm being honest, going through what I've been through and, and watching my mother-in-law go through the same thing. And there's a lot of times where you're, you, you're questioning things. It's hard not to. Um, but I, I mean, the community, like I said, that rallied around me and just showed me love and, and kindness um, is really what, you know, helps pull you through. You need the mic. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so, uh, so when did you start playing drums? How did that come into play? Uh, what was it that first uh, enticed you? Um, so when we were in fourth grade and we had, uh, you know, band, which I think was not optional at that point, <laughs> um, I saw that they already had drums there, and I saw all the people that were playing woodwinds and horns had to bring their instruments every day. I was like, if I can just bring a pair of drumsticks, this is going to be way easier. <laughs> Little did I know that down the road, it was going to be much harder. There's <laughs> a lot more gear when you're bringing your own stuff. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, I was thinking about this earlier today, and one of the most uh, fundamental things to me wanting to play drums and that piqued my interest. I, I grew up going to creation, as I'm sure a lot of us have. Yep. Um, and I remember I hearing uh, drummers at, or their techs or whatever, line checking uh, in between artists. Oh, yeah. And yeah. just hearing that kick drum slam through that giant PA, yep. I don't know, it just did something to me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I want to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I had that same exact moment, man. It's so at weird. Creation, at probably. creation, yeah, <laughs> that's dude, it's awesome. Crazy. That was like my first dream was to play at Creation Festival. So, have you done it? I have. Yeah. Oh, I wow. ended up doing it. My life is fulfilled. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is way cooler, honestly. Wait, wait, wait. I this thought you weren't cooler. a famous drummer. I didn't play drums at Creation. What did you do? I sang. I played guitar. Wow. Famous singer. Fizzled out after Humble. creation. It was our. Yeah, that was the peak of my career. But, yeah. Until now, now I'm, now I'm doing great. Uh, you know, hundred people here to see me, right? <laughs> All right, man. Uh, so, uh, so now you're not playing drums as much as you are actually teching, right? You're teching for Judah the Lion. Yeah. Um, 
Well, yeah, I, I, since getting off the road, and we'll get into that a little bit, but yeah, I started playing again at LCBC. That, like I said before, that's been mm -hmm. a very fundamental part of my development as a player and, and kind of understanding how to play at you know a higher level, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I've spent a lot of the past year um, drum teching for a band called Jude and the Lion. We did, um, I think it was like 62 shows in like three or four months. So it was it was a lot, and but it was it was awesome. And they have two drummers. This is a pretty pretty wild setup. Mm -hmm. I think probably close to 20 acoustic drums between wow. the two guys and integrated okay. electronics and this and that. I could bore you with all the details, but I won't do that. Um, but yeah, I've spent a, a, a lot of time uh, teching for them, prepping their rigs, kind of communicating with them about what they want to do, and then making it happen. Um, but yeah, that's, it's been awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I get, I get to play a little bit too during the show, which is fun. We have a whole bunch of like marching snares, and yeah. like, there's like, between the crew and the band, like probably like four or five drummers. So oh, wow. they definitely utilize that to its <laughs> full capacity, but. Right. Yeah, so I got to play a little bit too. They let me hop on the kit a few times, which was fun. But that's awesome. Yeah, is it is it tough kind of sitting backstage and not being the the drummer? I mean, at times, yeah. But honestly, like those guys are so fun to watch play, yeah. and like they're so good at what they do. Like, and I I love you know troubleshooting, figuring stuff out, and. Yeah. You know, they broke stuff all the time, which, <laughs> so they kept me figuring out how to fix things pretty sure. often, so. Like cymbals, heads? Uh, Snare-bottom head, snare heads, snare wires, all snare high-hats, high-hat wow. clutches, like you name it. Uh, not are, the uh, things you would typically expect, so. Serious. A lot of times I was, you know, working around their wild playing I had fortunately memorized for the most part what they were going to do when, so I was kind of able to sneak in mm -hmm. when I needed to to make adjustments and fix stuff or whatever. But yeah, yeah, that's killer. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I want to talk about LCBC a little bit. Let's do it. Matt Goss. Matt Goss. Who here knows who Matt Goss is? Yeah, Matt Goss is a very influential person to me and a lot of people in this area. Uh, he's a worship leader. He graduated from Berkeley. He's, he was at one point one of the best tuba players in the country. Um, he's the worship leader at LCBC. He's, he's not actually the worship leader. He does He still lead leads worship. worship yeah, he's like head of production, I think, now. He's the head guy. But. So I remember sitting backstage with him before I played for a service, and there was a kit back there, small kit, like a fusion kit. And he's like, hey, why don't you try doing this for this song instead of what you were doing in practice? And I was like, okay, what do you mean? And he sits down. And I didn't know he played drums. Did you know he played drums? Yeah, he, I, yeah I've heard him play a little okay, bit. Okay, yeah. so he played, and it was like, oh I don't my think God. there's anything he doesn't play. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that guy is, is so talented. So what's it like um, being a drummer who gets on stage knowing that the leader of the band you're playing is, is not only Matt Goss in terms of his ability and skill level, but his heart? that he's really about God and, and leading people towards him. And he's really just a servant. He's very humble and totally. uh, just the real deal. What, what is your mentality like playing drums for him? Is there like a sense of, um, are you ever nervous about playing? Or is there a sense of honor? I mean, what is your, your a, mentality? I mean, a little of both, honestly. Um, I mean, given that it's been a few years since I, I've played there, it's been, this was, today was actually the first time that I've been back in about 
you know, seven or eight years playing at Mannheim Display campus. Today? Yeah, and yesterday and tomorrow. <laughs> but um, sorry, you have to do this. Oh, oh no, this is great. This is amazing. Um, but yeah, a, a little of both. I mean, Matt, Matt and I go pretty far back to. You know, I think I started playing there like 12 years ago, and he had me do, I've done some sessions with him and stuff at his studio, so um, there is a sense of comfort around him because, you know, we know each other pretty well and we've worked together in the past, but yeah, the dude's super talented. I mean, there's definitely a little bit of nerves that always sneak in there, and, um, but it's always a privilege, yeah. yeah, to play with him, and he's, he's got such an incredible voice, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't usually have vocals very loud on my mix, but I blast his. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, that's not my home church, but I'll go to that church just because I love the experience. Totally. Like, put the faith aside and everything. I just, I just love seeing uh, such high-caliber musicians. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, we're super fortunate. We have, I mean, we have, we have some of them here. We have Kevin, who played bass with me this weekend. We got Scott, one of the other drummers right there. Yeah, super talented Give it up team. for them. <laughs> Cool. I don't know what I'm going to say next, but uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we're professionals, so, yeah. guys. Hey, we're real prepared. Always, right? Always prepared. Um, so I guess my question for you would be, uh, you know, from, from worship to, you know, touring, uh, what's, the, what's the difference between playing drums as a worship drummer in a worship setting um, compared to in a performance setting um, like Judah the Lion or another, I'm sure you've played in other bands as well. What would you say the difference is? Like, what, what's different about playing drums for a worship song than an August Burns Red song? So, a couple other things. Than, you know, crazy double bass and stuff, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, slightly less double bass in, in yeah, worship. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's Matt's take on it, which was right, yeah. unbelievable, by the way. That was so fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, I'll start out with talking about similarities, and I mean, really, music's about connecting with people, and, and live music's about connecting with your audience. It's just yeah. you're connecting with people on, on a slightly different level. Um, you know, in, in worship, it's obviously you're trying to remove yourself out of the equation and, you know, focus people's attention on Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, so keeping that in the forefront of my mind, you know, when I'm leading worship is, you know, my, is my priority. And... Um, you know, when you're playing with bands and stuff, you're still, you know, you're connecting with people, but it's on sometimes a little bit more of an entertainment level, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, mentally, yeah, it's it's about the, the spiritual journey of it all and, mm -hmm. and leading people to, you know, the throne of Christ, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the the guys in Judah and the Lion, they're all they're all believers, all great people. Um, you know, all their songs are, are very honest, but very hopeful. And there are a lot of similarities, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, from a mental context, it is, there are differences. And, you know, from a playing context, you know, there are differences too. You know, I always try to approach worship, but, you know, I think dynamics are key. And I think leaving space uh, is key. Um, so yeah, those are things I think about from, you know, a technical standpoint when it comes to playing. Sure. Uh I think Matt put it the best way. He, he, said, he said this early on. Um, he told me a story about um, he went to a worship service. I'm not sure where at, but um, he left that worship service, and I believe it was your mom asked you, like, what do you think of that drummer? And your response was, uh, I don't remember. 
And that's when he realized how good he was. That's what you want. Because yeah. he didn't remember how good he was because it's not about showing off. It's yeah, about totally. you know, just playing and, and giving the song what it, it needs, right? You. I mean, it may, maybe. Been. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> so uh, my great uncle used to ask me, actually, my, uh, his daughter is actually here. I won't point you out too much, um, but uh, I love you, Sharon. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so he used to say to me, why are you, you know, leaving Easter early or something? I'm like, well, I have to go home and practice. You have to practice? What do you mean? You just play drums. <laughs> and I would say, well, well, no, I have to practice. Like, I, I, I have to practice drums. And he's like, well, don't you just hit them? <laughs> and I would probably have that... Um, sentiment too if I didn't play drums because it seems like you probably just hit them if you don't have an understanding of drumming sure, which, yeah. I, which I'm sure is you know some people in this room probably are only seeing this style of drumming for the first time and it, it looks like maybe I'm just sort of making it up so um, you mean you do make it look very easy I will say that <laughs> can you speak to the um, to the amount of practice and work that goes into this. It's not just that, oh yeah, Caleb's a really good drummer and he's a drum tech for these really good drummers. Like, wh what is the work ethic part of it like? Because we live in Lancaster County where work ethic is never at a shortage. I mean, there's, there's always this oh, totally. high level of work ethic. So totally. um, what does it take to be a really good drummer? I mean, how much work does it actually take and why? I mean, it is, it, I mean, it's hours of work. And I mean, really it's, any those of you that have done it for a long time, I mean, it's it's something that you're always crafting. It's it's a lifetime achievement, so to speak. You've never reached your destination. You're always trying to get there, and I think that's what drives you to be better. Um, but for me, you know, um, for example, learning uh, the set for this past weekend at church, you know, right. opening tune, not the super easiest song as far as worship songs go, but um, it's just putting in the hours, you know, slowing the song down, learning the parts, and then just doing it until you almost drive yourself crazy where it's literally muscle memory and you can't screw it up. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's always kind of been my approach. Um, I mean, I do read charts and stuff, but I, for me, if I'm reading my chart, I haven't done my job as far as, you know, totally internalizing the music. Yeah. But I mean, so, yeah, it's, it's hours of work, yeah. Do you, do you think that the work, the challenge is what draws you to drumming in a way? Like if drumming were really, really easy for you and you looked at that, First song. What was the first song you played for church uh, this weekend? Uh, See the light. See the light. Okay. Yeah. So worship songs are pretty difficult on drums in all cases. It seems now. Like yeah, the, those Hillsong guys are good. They're really good. Yeah, they're really good drummers, and um, and they know it too. Yeah. They know it. Um, they come out to see us play in Sydney, and oh, awesome. I give them a hard time. Like, hey, I'm gonna get you up for the third song tonight, and they're like, all right, I'll be ready. I'm like, dude. <laughs> wow. Don't ever ask me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's See the Light, a cover. Yeah, there we go. So, um, so uh, what do you think it is the challenge that draws you to drumming? It's, it's the fact that it's like golf. It's never a game to be perfected. Oh, wow. You're speaking my language right now. I love golf. Do you? Yeah, absolutely do. Um, but yeah. Golf clap. I, <laughs> <laughs> go, Tiger. Um, yeah, I, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I I love you know just chipping at away chipping away at something over time and just seeing the end result and seeing you know you listen to a song for the first time you're like goodness gracious this is a mountain to climb yeah. 
and then to come out of it on the other side and you know you don't even have to think about what you're doing anymore feels pretty great exactly yeah and I, I think I really do appreciate the the work that goes into it mm -hmm. yeah totally because the, the payoff is, is almost always worth it. Mm -hmm. and, to, and, and to speak about an earlier question, I mean, uh, in the difference between, you know, worship drumming and drumming in other bands, you know, when you're able to internalize a song to the point where it's absolute muscle memory, you're removing any distractions for anything to go wrong for people to focus on what's most important, you know, because mm -hmm. if you're back there fumbling through a song, people may or may not notice, but, right. you know, any distractions that you can eliminate, you know, to draw people in is what's most important. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Awesome. So uh, I guess one last question before uh, we wrap up the interview uh, portion of the night. Um, so. Caleb, I mean, you're a, you're a walking victory. You battled cancer and you came out. Um, I'd love to know, like, aside from drums, what are you up to, man? Like, what, what does life look like for you now that you've gotten through this? Obviously, that was a rough time, a dark time. Mm -hmm. um, now you're here. Yeah. What is, what's possible for people who might be going through it or have gone through it? Um, and here you are. Man. And this is going to sound so cliche, but I mean, when I, when I got my diagnosis, it kind of obviously like derailed, you know, my life, so to speak. I mean, my wife and I had already moved back from Nashville and kind of uprooted ourselves. And then literally a day later, you know, I'm in the hospital and then it's uprooted even further, you know, and in the midst of, you know, my mother-in-law also, you know, uh, fighting her fight and, uh, I'm sorry, can you tell me the question one more time? Yeah, um, so what, <laughs> what does tangent. life look like for you right now, man? I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, when I, got, when I got through chemo and all of that, and um, for the most part, we thought we were, you know, on the other side of it. You know, I, did, I had no idea what I was going to do next. Yeah. You know, I had some ideas, I had some plans kind of lined up before we moved, and, you know, all of that got thrown out the window sure. and um, if I'm being honest there was there were some really hard times some really dark times and um, you know my there were times where my 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 faith wavered and um, but the people around me kept you know bringing me back just living by example and um, I just tiniest amount of faith was still burning inside of me and I knew that Something, something was going to happen, but I didn't know what it was. And um, I just had this feeling that, that God was working and that he was going to use this for something good, um, even though it absolutely did not seem like it at the time. Um, and I was about ready to, you know, hang up playing drums. We had moved back from Nashville. I thought that part of my life was over. Um, I was slowly selling off my gear. I was about ready to sell my drums, all my mics and everything. And then I got the call out of the blue from Jude and the Lion to go out on the road with them, which, you know, absolutely, you know, changed my life all over again, but in a much more positive way. I was around very positive people that, you know, loved me and cared about me and, you know, wanted to see me succeed. Yeah. And um, it was a great opportunity to learn a ton, you know, work with some amazing drummers who have helped me become better, you know, through working with them and, you know, spending time together and watching them play every night. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's 
it's been amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm still, God's still working. I'm excited to see, you know, what he is going to do next, you know. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. Get up for Caleb, man. All right. So we hope you enjoyed that episode. That was a unique um, and really special episode for us, it being live and for the sweetest little five-year-old girl in the whole world, McKenna. Um, Just just quickly, so this episode happened uh, a few days ago, and uh, last night, as it turns out, I was at a connect group for my church. I have a hard time, like, plugging into plugging in. I have a hard time uh, putting myself yeah, out there. Super Christianese, I know. Jeez. <laughs> See, I'm already in a connect group. What it's is wearing off to you? on me. <laughs> I have a hard time. Uh, uh, I have a hard time, you know, getting yeah. to know people in my church because you have sure. to get together in a house somewhere and talk about things. And I don't really like doing that. Well, I signed up for a group and actually I'm helping to lead the group with a pastor named Jim Ehrman from my church, Effort Community Church nice. here in Pennsylvania. Anyway, we were there last night. At the end, we talked about praying for any needs. Um, a few folks wanted to pray for my upcoming tour with Killswitch, um, which at this point will probably be happening uh, mm-hmm. at the time that you're listening to this. Um, Jim and his wife are going to Bulgaria on a trip for eight days. So we just prayed over them. Anyway, I brought up McKenna. And it was interesting. I brought her up and I said, I really believe that there is an opportunity here for her to uh, not only get through this and to get better, um, but for it to really affect the community of Mannheim, Lancaster County, the state of Pennsylvania, and even the nation. A lot of people are are connected to this story because of the event. Right. Uh, it's just it's just one way that they're connected, but they are connected. There's people from Florida that sent money. There's people from um, my friend Greg sent money from Missouri. I mean, there's there's a lot of generous people out there. It really helped restore mm-hmm. my faith in humanity. And anyway, I'm thinking about this last night. I said, you know what? Let's let's pray that this story will actually um, impact more people than just the family and and the event. The people that were at the event the other night um, and the doctors in the hospitals that are helping her. Let's, let's pray that actually this impacts a lot more people in a mm-hmm. way that they see God um, operate and act <clears throat> and love someone in a very difficult situation. And yeah. I said, I actually believe that that this little girl can be healed completely. And yeah. so, we, so we ended up praying for her. For like, I was amazed. It was the longest segment of the prayer. It was probably 15 minutes. And none of Amazing. these people had ever met her. And yeah. um, so that was really special to me. And I was I was... There are a few things in my life that I look back on and say, man, that was really, really neat. And beating drums to battle cancer was one of them. Mm. Yeah, I think that's actually something that that you and I had talked about after the event. We were like, man, we've done a lot of things in our lives, uh, you know, this podcast included, but that event is going to be something that we take with us to our 60s and 70s when mm. we're losing our other memories. Those, that's going to be the event that <laughs> yeah. sticks, and our hair. sticks with us. Yeah. <laughs> and our, well, that's already gone for me. <laughs> well, it just fell into your chest. It's, it's yeah. okay. And, and elsewhere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too much information, but, dude. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Your mom well, listens to this. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Sorry, mom. She knows. Um, she knows. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was an incredible event. So I have a question for you, though. What, uh, how is it, doing an interview for you uh, live like that? 
Uh, it's what it's is- actually for me, it's more comfortable. Yeah, it's harder for me to do a podcast where I'm a hundred miles away from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I can do it with you because you're not a com- completely awkward person. Um, and <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I can do it with you because you're a great dude and you're a friend of mine, oh, and it's it's just easy. But in general, it's pretty difficult actually. Hmm. And uh, doing yeah. an interview in person is is beneficial because you can see the facial expressions you can get a reaction from the audience you can get a reaction from one another yeah i really liked it how about you i felt the same way actually it was it was surprising to me how you know i mean obviously we've we've uh created this this flow and this this vibe that we have going on in this podcast um you know from miles and miles away um but it was interesting how comfortable it was just sitting up there doing a podcast in a way that we've never done it before. Hmm. Um, and uh, I think it helped too that we were friends with Caleb and, you know, um, we had spent an entire month working together to get this event put together and we were all excited about it. Um, but yeah, it was surprisingly natural. You know, yeah. it actually, it felt felt right. Yeah. <laughs> so one of these days we'll have to actually do podcasts in person. But, uh, like you're gonna have to move here to my farm. I, yeah, I guess so. Right? <laughs> For the sake of our podcast that doesn't make us any podcast. money, it's just, uh, <laughs> hey, honey, we're gonna have to move to Lancaster. Why? Um, because we need too. to. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I want a podcast in person, but that's not your. Inc- uh, it's okay. It's my passion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's my passion. Yeah. <laughs> drop, drop your entire life for me <laughs> <laughs> oh my well hey uh, if man. you were at the event thank you if you gave yeah. to the event thank you if you listened along and prayed thank you mm-hmm. this was a very meaningful experience for us and we're glad you got the chance to at least be there in a way if you listen to this episode and um you know you were able to connect to it so thank you yeah thank you guys so uh, real quick before we wrap up, um, I have a few uh, shout outs to do um, for uh, some new Patreon members. Um, so shout out to Brandon Taylor, Kyle Dowdell, I hope I said that right, uh, Amanda <laughs> Kelly, and Joel Foster. Um, thank you guys so much for your support. Um, the, uh, this Patreon thing is uh, so much cooler than I ever thought it would be. I just got to say that real quick because it's like, um, it's been so cool just connecting with you all on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> um, on top of your support that we appreciate more than you guys know, mm-hmm. um, it's just been, um, really cool, um, for us to, to get to know you all more. Um, and we really feel like you guys are a part of this thing with us. Um, so I hope you guys know that. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about our Patreon, visit patreon.com slash holyghostnotes. Um, and uh, one other thing that we did actually at the Beating Drums to Battle Cancer event was record a, a video intro. <laughs> so hopefully that'll be up there at some point. <clears throat> we uh, talk a little bit about um, the benefits and uh, incentives to supporting this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, But yeah, we are very grateful. Thank you guys. Um, other than that, remember to use the hashtag Holy Ghost Notes on your drum videos. We'll, uh, we're doing grooves of the week each week, so um, I'm always looking at 
what's being posted up there, um, and we'd love to, to share your videos. Um, and if you want to reach out or contact us, questions, concerns, thoughts, if you want to get more involved in the conversation, mm-hmm. um, email us, Matt and Tim, at theholyghostnotes.com, or reach out on social media at Holy Ghost Notes. Um, and I think that's it. Very right? good. Yeah. Nice work. We're getting pretty good at this. Yeah. Thanks again for <laughs> tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, definitely. See you guys. Peace. Peace.